So in one of the conversations, the mother very interestingly says that at this point of time, this point of time can mean hundred years because you know she is not speaking of only one year. There are two kinds of forces very active in the world. The forces of extreme destruction and the forces of new creation. So you have two kinds of epochs of mankind. One, when these two forces become active. Now these two forces become active when there is a new creation or a leap being taken. And other when the great preserver, he is active. So the forces of preservation. But now because it's an evolutionary leap, so both these kinds of forces are active. She even said that good is becoming better and evil is becoming worse because this is the part of the plan. And both are going to help mankind to eventually take the leap. Besides, uh, we have to look beyond dualities. We are entering an age of oneness. So people still are caught up in this is good, that is bad, this is hostile force, that is divine force. But we are entering an age when we have to go beyond the dualities and see the divine, the supreme wisdom who is working in everything and through everything. What we call as good, what we call as bad, behind both. This is the state of oneness towards which a yogin has to rise. So in keeping with that, the mother also advises us that while there are many who are open to the forces of destruction and through that they are doing the divine work in the world, through incalculable ways, we can't even imagine how forces of destruction are doing the work of the Lord. But they are doing, they are destroying the old world order, they are shifting the comfort zones in which people are locked, they are challenging us, they are helping us to, uh, you know, think afresh, think anew about ourselves, about the planet, about humanity, about creation. You know, all this they are doing. But there are very few who are builders of the new world, who can think of what the new creation is going to be. And she uh, advises to her children that we should align with the forces of new creation, not with the forces of destruction. They are anyways going to work and there are instruments. We should not worry about it. And one classic example of that is, or the perfect example is Mother and Shurbindo. So, how I say the perfect example, look at the First World War. The First World War is, is a period during which famine, imperialism, of course the Great World War, with all its effects, the Great Spanish Flu, all that is taking place in the world. So what was Shurbindo most busy in doing? Of course, he was working on all levels. But we remember him as that period during which the Arya was written. So he was sowing seeds of light, seeing the future dawn. What is the Arya about? It doesn't talk about, you know, what was happening during the flu epidemic. It does talk a little bit about the war, but more importantly, what is going to come in the future. So basically, our eyes should be turned towards the future. Not so much towards the past which we are leaving behind and the present widgets all kinds of turbulent appearances. So this is what we see in Shurbindo, Second World War, even when Shurbindo is engaged with the Second World War. Now, most of the works were revised during this period. The Life Divine came out during this period. Savitri arrived at its completion during this period. Then when we look at Mother's life, now we, talk, we are coming to prayers and meditation, which we know are basically her diary notes. So, though uh, 
if you see the diary notes as we have received it in prayers and meditation, it is 1912, the first prayer, November 1912. But this does not mean that this is the first prayer that the mother wrote. We must know that four-fifth, nearly four-fifth of the diary notes, she tore and burned it away. She didn't want many aspects of her personal life and sadhana to be made public. It also gives us a hint of something very interesting because people try to base all their ideas about the new world, new creation based on what mother and Sharbindu have written. But what we forget is that what they have written, what has been revealed of their life is not even one-tenth, maybe one-hundredth of what they have held back within themselves. And that which they have held back within themselves cannot be received just by the written word, but by contemplation, reflection, by the opening to intuition, when they by their own grace chose to, choose to reveal. And that is very interesting. So this is what applies to everything. So with regard to prayers and meditations, the mother would uh, typically, you know, later on in Japan, she would do that. In France, she would uh, get up in the morning and she has described one, one of the scenes that around 5 in the morning when she would make a cup of coffee, put it on the windowsill. She describes it very beautifully. And then she would enter into her contemplation and her dialogue with the divine. And what's happening to the coffee? It is changing into cold coffee. And then she takes a sip from it. And you know, so it's a very, you can imagine... So this whole rigid idea that you have to sit in a certain posture, in a certain way, communicate with the divine in a certain uh, process, technique, all that goes away. What is important is your sincerity of communication with the divine, your aspiration. Do you really want the divine? Then it doesn't matter any which way. So this is her way of communicating with the divine, which is herself, but she is... Uh, recovering that and we will still see how the process of recovery takes place and more or less it would apply to all of us because in our original truth we are all portions of the divine it's just that the psychic being has forgotten it so it has to remember it has to recover that in the play beyond time and space as the central being as that portion of Jivatma which has never entered into time and space we are always aware that's why we are drawn toward that so this is the background of it. Again, the first in print mode, this book came out in 1941. This just as an aftermath of the first, uh, second great war, she is gifting us prayers and meditation. At the behest of Shurabindu, because Shurabindu was the one who, he has even translated some of the prayers and he wanted it to see the light of the day. So, why she would not? Because several places she would use the word I. And she says, I don't know, I don't want to use this expression. But it's an expression we have to use. It doesn't matter. But what is important is the meaning one has put into the words. So, it's a beautiful thing. See, 1912, all this turmoil was going on. War has started in 1914-15. But the turmoil had started. The rumblings were there. The forces were getting into play. The, the forces which were of destruction were aggressively working. This is the year when the Titanic sank. A highly ambitious project of man. You know, it sank. This is the year. So many things were happening. 
but the mother was quietly invoking the new world and showing us the way that whatever be the situations circumstances outside we have to do only one thing and that one thing is to go within and unite with the divine and for that she shows us the way now the beauty of this prayer is you know we can use the word yoga sutras of the mother they are literally yoga sutras the path of yoga but unlike the classical yoga sutras of patanjali or raj yoga or even the gita for that matter though the gita is a very wide path the mother shows us how to come in contact with the divine through any which way we'll see different circumstances of her life situations but by a certain attitude she enters into contact with the divine at once it is the path of works because several of the prayers even it ends with that wonderful prayer a prayer for those who want to serve the divine what should be our attitude so while going through life so how one should be what is the attitude one should take what is the approach how we should concentrate where we should concentrate and how we will through the path of works realize the divine at once it is the book of knowledge because some of the profoundest wisdom we shall see is here and most importantly as a crown it is the book of love and people still talk about narada's bhakti sutra and sandilya's bhakti sutra and i've read them and i can tell you that uh, if you read the mother's prayers and meditation you will wonder how there can be anything even remotely close to this bhakti it's a different kind of bhakti that she has released upon earth it's an action divine action so there was a bhakti first time bhakti got released into the earth at large when shri krishna exiled himself from vrindavan shubindu writes that so what is the kind of bhakti it is the bhakti which is made out out of the pang of separation for the lord that's why when we see vaishnava bhakti there lot of emphasis on viraha and milan the bhakta feels separated from the lord and is crying like a fish out of water i want you i want you but in that there is a lot of vital mixture but this bhakti in shorbindo's yoga springs from the deeper psychic being it knows that however far it may go the lord never leaves you you see there is a big difference so bhakta who complains to the lord that you have separated yourself from me is experiencing bhakti from the poise of the vital but the bhakta who is touching or the bhakti the flame of bhakti is rising from the depths of the heart from the psychic being knows that it is not the lord lord never separates he is always there and just waiting for a call a cry just a moment and we can plunge into him and that is what we see in this very first prayer but before that she starts with this bhakti bhakt what is bhakti it's about self giving it has very little or almost nothing to do with you know chanting and singing and jumping and dancing by chanting i mean the classical way of doing bhajans and rath jagas and you know uh, you know all those things are very vital expressions of bhakti so in shurbindo's yoga that is not the kind of bhakti it's a very it's it's bhakti but of a very inferior mode now this is a very different kind of bhakti composed of self giving so by self giving the lord claims us already we belong to him but we must give him give ourselves to him in freedom and joy he doesn't want to possess us forcefully that no you belong to me he may do it to a rarest of rare <laughs> blessed creature <laughs> but he wants us to give to give us ourselves to him in freedom and joy so 
we'll see in this prayers and meditation a note given by the mother who is truly a bhakta everybody claims to be a bhakta does it have to do with the number of times we visit the ashram does it have to do with the proximity with which we are uh, outwardly you know you know we may be living inside in our context inside a room in the ashram working in mother and shubhendra's room hundred things or in ancient religions you know like we, like a christian bhakta is he a bhakta who is in the vatican living in the vatican so all these ideas we carry that you know that that person is a closer bhakta but who is really a bhakta of the lord there is no external marker one may go to the temple every day and bow down to the lord and do the tikka chandan take the prasad and yet may turn out to be a ravana who may be aggrandizing his ego so who is a bhakta she writes some give their soul to the divine some their life some offer their work some their money so these are the things we can give to the divine at one point somebody asked the mother mother what is it that i can give to the divine i have nothing mother said there is always something you can give to the lord can give your time energy it doesn't matter something of our work when somebody asks her about you know i want to meditate in shubhendra or x wants to meditate in shubhendra's room she said what are his qualifications to be allowed to meditate in shubhendra's room what has he done for the lord so the person asked what should one do for shubhendra so she said you must give something of yourself to shubhendra that is the criteria not like anybody comes and you know you are okay go and sit inside so some give their soul to the divine some their life some offer their work some their money why money money is required for the external manifestation so we can see almost hierarchically soul must is the first thing then there is life much more life means all activities that are included in it which includes thoughts feelings actions will impulsions people relationships everything then some give their work service to the divine and some their money a few consecrate all of themselves and all they have soul life work wealth everything of theirs is for the lord they don't claim anything for themselves these are the true children of god no external marker no stamp it doesn't matter even she is you may belong to any belief or non belief doesn't matter it is the spirit of giving yourself to the divine others give nothing these whatever their position power and riches are for the divine purpose valueless ciphers so she makes it very clear this book is meant for those who aspire for an utter consecration to the divine so it is a whole yoga given here i have seen in in my so many decades of meeting people on the path there are two kinds of people with regard to this book one who just keep it later on because they think oh we want something to know so they pick up uh, mother's volumes conversations volume 3 onwards <laughs> two words of long ago like that and keep prayers and meditation later on we'll see 
others who read prayers and meditations and fall love, in love with it. It's just like Savitri. Some will keep Savitri for the last. They will pick up Life Divine, then other books. And Savitri is for the last. Others, they pick up Savitri and fall in love with it. So prayers and meditation is like that. And um, first time when it came in 1941, she had given it with her signature. So, I must say a couple of words about this book. This book is not available. I, I mean, uh, I don't think it is for sale. I just received it as a gift. So, it also reproduces a signature, which is a very beautiful thing, you know. It's a reproduction. But I must congratulate the people who have done it. And uh, today only I actually took it out because I decided upon this and this has come out this year by It's a Divine Plan publication and it has been made for free distribution for the centenary celebration of the mother's final arrival in Pondicherry on 24th April 1920 and uh, it can be downloaded from Oro ebooks and they have been faithful to the First edition, 1941. So I think it's a beautiful book, and I just saw they've not. Nobody has asked me to speak about the book, but spontaneously I feel must appreciate the effort of someone who has done it. Then, there, when this book came out in 1941, it also came with a note from the mother. This book comprises extracts from a diary written during years of intensive yogic discipline. It may serve as a spiritual guide to three principal categories of seekers. Those who have undertaken self-mastery. This is the minimum. Actually, even to lead a good life, reasonable life, there should be some degree of self-mastery. If somebody is just moved by one's feelings, thoughts, impulses, then one is very far from the spiritual path. If we burst into anger, start quarreling, start whirling with every forces, even about all this, you know, she says, problem is we start getting affected by every little thing which is going on around us. So, this is very far from self-mastery. Self-mastery is basic thing required even for a good, reasonable life. Then second one, those who want to find the road leading to the divine. And third, those who aspire to consecrate themselves more and more to the divine work. Again, I feel these are three hierarchical categories. The minimum is self-mastery. Then, what we must do is to at least find the divine and unite with him. And even still greater is to consecrate more and more because there is no end to it, our life to the divine work. That's why in this yoga, the mother says, it is not enough to unite with the divine. That's old yoga. Aspiration for union with the divine and for the divine work. For the divine service. In this yoga, she says, both are required. Because this is a divine work. Transformation is a divine work. Or we may say the divine work, because all creation is for that. So with this background, I would like to read the first prayer. Prayers and Meditation. The first prayer is November 2nd, 1912. As I said, it's a year when turmoil is going on all over the world. And the mother starts by writing, Although my whole being is in theory consecrated to thee, O sublime master, who art the life, the light, 
and the love in all things. See, the very first sentence is liberating. She is not limiting the master to a sect, a cult, a religion. Who is the master whom she is addressing? That is how we should see Mother and Sri not just Mother of Sri Ashram. Who is she? Who is Sri The light and the love in all things. The life, the light and the love in all things. All things. It's not like only for a group of people known as sadhaks. It's not only for good guys. Behind everything and in everyone, he is the source, the light, the life and the love in all things. He is the sublime master who is the indwelling guide, imminent divine in whole creation. So she says, I have already consecrated my being to thee. So what is the need of writing? I still find it hard to carry out this consecration in detail. So in this yoga, there are two kinds of surrender. One is a, you know, like typical when somebody, mother spoke about surrender in one class. So in the next class, he said, so what shall we take up today? And the disciple says, mother, you have already talked about surrender. Let's go to something else. Or something like, I've already done the surrender. Now this is a surrender in a theory, a general surrender. My life belongs to you. You are the ruler of my destiny. Do with me as you want. Let thy will be done. These are several ways through which we can make a consecration. And for some time we have to do it. One day the divine will say, okay, accept it. Then life begins to change. But even that is a surrender done in principle, not in details. Details means, mother, I am going for a walk with my friend. I surrender you. This walk. Mother, I am going to eat this food. I surrender you this act of eating and the food I am taking. May it be you who takes the food through me, through this being. Mother, I am going to give this talk or I am going to share something with everyone. May it be you who speaks through me. May it be you who hears. Sometimes, you know, we go to hear. So, this difference, you know, sometimes I feel very strange when a speaker addresses the audience as you. Because there is no you and me. The hearer is the divine, the speaker is the divine. And you know, there is a difference. Why Why this? I am saying this? Supposing you go here to listen, like, you know, let's say we have this audience and different places. Supposing you are going to listening, listen to a person. Then what happens? You may get influenced by whatever the person is saying. But supposing you invoke the divine, may it be you, you who hears. You will instantly know what is to be received, what is not to be received and you will receive the right things and the right message because every speaker will be limited by his human personality. See, so in the Upanishad also there is a, I am forgetting where the passage is, that uh, he is the speaker and he is the listener. Similarly, when I am going to sleep, Mother, may this sleep be your sleep. I am sleeping in your lap. So many ways, there is no fixed way. Mother, I am going to travel. Travel advisory. Okay? (laughs) Doesn't matter where we are going. Mother, I am going here. I leave it in your hands. Now, when this surrender is missing, this trust is missing, then we have what is called as fear. 
which is the worst kind of impurity. Mother, I am going to meet this person. Mother, I am going to sit on the desk. Mother, I am going to count the money. Mother, I am going to the bank. In detail. Now, it's difficult to do it. I mean, this has to be done. But now then, why write? Because when we write, we objectivize what is inside in a subjective state. Subjectively, we may feel that I aspire to serve the divine. Wonderful. Highest aspiration that one can have. Now, when you start writing, then it begins to take more and more clarity of shape. So, this clarity helps a lot in the yoga. So, she says that it is still hard to carry this consecration in detail. It has taken me several weeks to learn that the reason for this written meditation. Ever heard a word like written meditation? I have not heard. I have heard always meditation is going within. Interesting, no? It's a new word. Written meditation. Why it is meditation? Meditation is the flow of the mind and the mental consciousness and the thoughts around a single object. Why it has to be only with your closed eyes and inside in mind space? It can be on a diary note. Because your thoughts and minds are flowing around a single object. So it is a meditation. Sometimes a simple way of meditation is, it's also called by a term called Lippi Yoga. Pick up a passage from Mother or Shobindo's writings, preferably that which touches us very deep and write it. So what happens? Now when you are writing, look what are the parts involved. Eyes, brain, hands, the heart that pumps, the brain, the nervous system, everything through which this information is passing, if you want to put it as pure physics. It's, they are now partaking the information. Otherwise you read it, it goes to the brain, somewhere. that's the end of the story. So, writing is one of the means through which we can come in contact with the divine. So, it's a written meditation. In its justification lies in the very fact of addressing it daily to thee. In this way, I shall put into material shape each day a little of the conversation I have so often with thee. So, People often say, I can't meditate because my thoughts, you know, are running here and there. Have a conversation with the Lord. Nobody can stop us. Mother, I am seeing all this around. What's all this? Instead of discussing with hundred people, she will reveal the truth behind everything. So have a conversation with the Lord. So, and a written, this is a written conversation. I shall make my confession to thee as well as it may be. Not because I think I can tell thee anything, for thou art thyself everything. But our artificial and exterior way of seeing and understanding is, if it may be so said, foreign to thee, opposed to thy nature. Very profound truth. See, jnana. So what happens is that she used the word confession. Now you see confession is known in Christianity. But what is the way? She says it's a very monstrous way what it has become today. And she describes an experience when she was painting and a lady came and she was telling to the priest something which you know and the priest's face expression she felt like a monster, hard. You know they become cruel. Oh this sinner! Oh, this lady, she said it was not at all a good sight. 
so it has become like that but originally what confession meant mother this is what has happened we don't need to tell sorry to this that 100 people we just need to confess to her sincerely mother this is what has happened without concealing anything and when we do it she gives us that true way of seeing it we are seeing it from our human standpoint i did this now we are seeing it from a human standpoint based on our experience of duality which means good bad right wrong but the divine sees it it as in with singularity and what is the singularity it's a singularity of purpose growth of consciousness every experience can and must lead us towards the growth of consciousness so what he does is he gives us a true understanding of what that experience is otherwise we are only wallowing in either self pity or self aggrandizement so this is where the value of these conversations so it's not that the divine doesn't know she says divine knows everything but by doing it we become conscious often you know when people would go to the mother there is a very interesting conversation where the disciple says but you know everything even champaklal ji first time when he met shurbindo and shurbindo asked him several questions so suddenly he says why are you asking me but you know everything shurbindo smiled and said under his breath yes i know everything so why ask when the disciple asked the mother she said it's not because i do not know but i want you to become conscious of something which you are not aware of because you are looking at something in a human way that's not how i am looking at it and i want you to start looking at things the divine way so the value of these conversations of these written confessions is that we become conscious and this change takes place within i can tell you for sure i mean of course she is saying it and for years i used to do it many diaries like this and it was so wonderful so much aware you become even one of the centers in which i was involved in activity and i picked it up from you know one of the old sadhaks who said this is how people used to relate to mother so i said all right so in the center i started by writing it's a little experience i can share very interesting in bangalore bhavan where uh, you know when i was asked to look after the bhavan uh, we had a debt of um, 5000 rupees in the sense the center had 7000 rupees in its account and we had, we owed 12000 so and it was a palace nepal mara now you can imagine palace which has to be redone uh, it's in shambles and we were thinking of getting the relics all these thoughts are there and the year was i think 90 or 91 i have forgotten in 93 dhuman uh, bhai had written 6 february 1993 the day for the relics in shurbindo's room but he had left his body so now we don't know you know what to do but we went by that that we will prepare this place no money there were two cows so we i, I had started writing in a book mother we have two jersey cows this much milk they are giving mother we have this much money mother we are going there within two years you won't imagine money came people came resources came everything came the whole palace became a palace for the lord one of the most beautiful centers till date and then relics came on the scheduled time it all changed and we changed most importantly it was nothing to do with us except that we changed just the act of writing and putting everything 
in diary to the mother and of course put a little picture of the mother's eyes that you know a little she is saying so it's so the, the most trivial things it doesn't matter there is nothing trivial you see mothers uh, questions people used to ask mother today i had this little bit of nausea what shall i do mother didn't say why are you bothering me with these trivial things she would say take this yes it is not about the recipe she has given it's about the contact with the divine in that part of your being which is in disorder mother i have fever she is not saying oh why are you bothering me you know i am the world mother busy with 101 thing go to the doctor i have the dispensary nothing she would say do this is excellent for fever it's not about doing that excellent for fever it's about coming in contact with the mother's consciousness whatever you may be doing so she says that still by turning towards the by immersing myself in thy light at the moment when i consider these things little by little i shall see them more like what they really are she gives us the light with which we can see things we believe erroneously and ignorantly my way of seeing is the only way of seeing but see human way of seeing and therefore faulty and defective it's understood we are ignorant but when we tell her her light begins to help us see things with a clarity until the day when having made myself one in identity with thee i shall no more have anything to say to thee for then i shall be thou so it's a whole path what is simple path pick up a good book put a picture start writing every day speak to her write a passage write your feelings thoughts best confidant and friend in the world or beyond the world or wherever closest to us we don't have to you know any other friend we have to say can i speak to you he may or may not pick up the call but the divine mother even in the midnight you wake up you can tell her mother i feel like crying which friend is going to listen one or two days he or she will listen third he'll say please let me sleep and you also go to sleep don't disturb me <laughs> Okay, so this is true to experience. This is the goal that I would reach towards the victory. Towards this victory, all my efforts will tend more and more. This is a victory. What is the victory? To ultimately unite with the divine, overcoming all opposition within and outside. This is the victory. Victory is not divine. Victory means my victory in a court case over X. that's not divine victory it's a earthly play it may or may not but real victory is victory over oneself i aspire for the day when i can no longer say i for i shall be thou to say i would be thee and to say thee will be i how many times then you know she says something very remarkable i mean everything is so beautiful how many times a day still i act without my action being consecrated to thee this is a problem which everybody faces she has also gone through it it's a process path passage that's why because this yoga is not about just sitting and plunging into meditation she is saying how many times i at once become aware of it by an indefinable uneasiness which is translated in the sensibility of my body by a pang in my heart we have lost this ability you have to cultivate it uneasiness if we are not able to really stay in touch with her this uneasiness we have to learn to feel it experience it and to 
cultivate, listen to it. I then make my action objective to myself and it seems to me ridiculous, childish or blameworthy. Why have I lost that contact? So she sees, makes the action objective. Oh, I spoke this way. Not only spoke, my attitude was wrong. My consciousness was wrong. That's why I lost the contact. That's why I am restless. So get it back. So how to get back? I deplore it. For a moment I am sad. Until I dive into thee and there losing myself with a child's confidence, await from thee the inspiration and strength needed to set right the error in me and around me. Two things that are one. You know, much later she would say, when somebody in the ashram, something goes wrong, she says, I enter and correct myself. Imagine if all of us could look at life like that. Somebody in my environment, proximity, in my family, in my relationship, something is going wrong. I have to look within myself and correct. If I do it, I help the other person correct it within the person. She says there are two sides, within me and around. Very profound truth. Who will tell us these things? That the world around me is an objectivization of what is within me. As I change, what is around me will change. And the classic example is in Shobindo's aphorism, the tiger does not attack the deer, uh, the tiger does not attack the yogi. So if somebody is angry with me in my environment, what should I do? Look within me, what is in me that is not yet able to bring peace. Maybe my peace is not enough. Maybe my love is not enough. And I need to bring such a peace that everything around me is filled with peace. So it's a ceaseless yoga going all the time. So wonderful it is. So what does she do? She just plunges into the divine with a child's confidence. What do we do? Shame, guilt, all that nonsensical thing. I am bad, I am horrible, unfit for yoga. Days or blaming somebody else. Because of this person my life is ruined. I cannot concentrate, I cannot do sadhana. Those who are meant for doing sadhana will do it anywhere, even in Ravana's Lanka. Vibhishna did sadhana, not in some nice hermitage. Ravana's Lanka. Those who cannot do sadhana cannot do it in Mathura and Vrindavan. That is the whole thing. They cannot do it in Ayodhya. Because you have to, it's your inner sincerity that matters. That's what Mother said. Those who are meant to do yoga will do it anywhere. And those who cannot do it, cannot do it here also. It is as simple as that. It should be the will. This not to say that this place is no importance. Tremendous importance. But the its real significance derives from how much inwardly we are able to take advantage from the fact that Mother and Shubhinda have lived there and their presence is so concretely established in the Samadhi. That will depend upon our inner sincerity. Otherwise, we can live anywhere in the world, in the quietest corner and yet be agitated. Shubhinda even goes on to say, even Swami Vivekananda quotes this story, that people talk about detachment and they go into the forest. But they end up getting attached to the tree, to the plant or to an animal. The story of Jad Bharat. Because it has nothing to do with, you know, you can't run away from yourself. 
this one example of you know if you have to get attached you will end up getting attached anywhere but if you are clear that you have to be attached only to the divine you may be in the midst of everyone shri krishna's life is an example but you will be inwardly detached and plunged in the divine so two things that are one for i have now a constant and precise perception of the universal unity determining an absolute inter- interdependence of all actions as early as that the world is one unity if i conquer my fear i send all over the world a vibration of faith if i am afraid i send a vibration of fear all around because the world is one unity so often people ask what can we do what we can do is to open ourselves to light and faith and trust and confidence in the divine victory and then we will see it gets translated into many minds and many hearts equally if i give the example of fear even if nobody knows about it that i am afraid it will spread as a cascading effect upon the world around us mother put it very beautifully when she said win your little victories one sadhak conquering a small little thing inside helps everybody else to do it so this is the first prayer beautiful prayer so i think we can stop it here and um, make it our life what shall we say <laughs> <laughs>